and scene. Right. Oh, I think we're ready for our next one. Should we have him sent in? Okay, can we have um, Dave Norberg? Dave Norberg. Oh, hi. Good afternoon. Hello there, Dave. You're quite enthusiastic. Yes, yeah, always. I'm really, really excited about this particular role. Well, thanks for coming along today. I'm just doing some initial casting. Come a long way? Uh, not too far. Just, just about 200 mile round trip, but a uh, small price to pay for such an exciting exciting role. I know. And you, do, you are aware of the project that we're working on and what we're actually uh, aiming to do. Yes, I believe it's a film about those the first moon landings back in the 60s. Yes, it is indeed. And um, we're a very inclusive casting agency here and it's something that we, we want to see the correct representation. So could you just talk us through your astronaut training? My astronaut training? When you were training to be an astronaut, why do you think you're appropriate for this role? Oh, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not an astronaut. I'm a, I'm a fresh actor. Um, I hope my agent sent through my, my uh, screen reel and my full portfolio outlining my experience. I've done a whole range of roles. Yes, we saw um, you I, in, um, I think, Holby City wearing a baseball cap. Uh, yes, yes, a very nice baseball cap, actually. But I can do a whole range of, of accents. I can I can do the American, sir, you know, if, if, if that's needed for the role. Right, OK. But your astronaut training... Uh, I'm I, I, sorry. I, I mean, I'm not an astronaut. I'm, I'm an actor. This isn't. Is this documentary? Sorry. I, I no, this was... is a film. But the one thing we don't want to do be disrespectful to the astronaut community. So you're saying you've come along here today with no astronaut training whatsoever, thinking that you could put on a costume and perhaps assume a persona and pretend to be an astronaut. Don't you think that's a little bit disrespectful? I. You've come 200 miles, but you can go 200 miles back again, can't you? That's, that's what acting is. It's pretending you're... Get out! And scene. Good morning, and welcome to the Today programme once again. I'm joined this morning by the chairman of BP, British Petroleum, Sir Quentin Bloodstone. Good morning. Good morning, Sir Quentin. Good morning to you. Now... All of our listeners, I think, will be hugely concerned at the great uh, price rises everyone is seeing at the pumps at the moment, at the petrol pumps, as they're filling up their cars, because the prices of petrol and diesel are just going through the roof. Now, at the same time, we're told this is a supply-side issue, but at the same time, BP are seeing record profits into the billions per quarter. Now, so Quentin, how do you justify that to our listeners? Well, um, thank you for asking me in this morning, and uh, I'm very happy to talk to you and your listeners. Um, There's been a lot of fluctuation in the, uh, in the on the supply side of the business, as you as you as, you, as you've noted, and uh, nothing would be more irritating than a, a constant fluctuation in the price at the pumps. So what we at BP have decided to do, and it's been a, uh, it's been something that's followed throughout the industry, is that we we're committed to only pass on to you the uh, the increases in prices. And you won't be irritated by uh, not knowing which way is which when you go to the uh, pumps in the event of any decrease in the price of crude oil, for example. So you're consistently guaranteed a movement of price in the positive direction, so, which so, gives you some assurity when you're doing your budgeting. Excuse me, Quint. So, so when you say positive, you mean positive as in plus, as it's going upwards, which is, of course, very negative for any person well, you say struggling to get by... And the price of filling up the car is, is going up hugely all the time. Now, now, why is it, we're told, 
an increase on the supply side is is passed on to the pump immediately. That's something we guarantee to do. Uh, yes, I, I think we see that. But yet, when there's a decrease on the supply side, why doesn't that flow through well, quite a, as soon? A decrease is a very different matter than an increase. If anyone, if you, have you ever worked in the petroleum industry? A, a decrease is much more positive for all those people struggling to get by and, and filling up the cars to get to work, to work in our hospitals, to work in our schools, to keep this country moving. I think that's a simplistic viewpoint. I mean, a decrease represents a fluctuation in the price that would, if we passed it on to the consumer, lead to widespread um, panic buying and where are we who has the cheapest petrol in town what we've done what uh, we've done uh, consistently is every time there's been an increase as i say we will, are committed to pass it on to the uh, consumer so that they know where they are when they're budgeting they could look at perhaps increases over the rest of the year perhaps five to ten percent to fifteen percent to twenty percent they could budget this in uh, and then make appropriate purchases i mean the last thing you would want to do when you turn up at a pump is think well that didn't cost me enough with respect to Quentin, have you ever managed a household budget? People don't worry about the cost of goods no, going I, down. They I, worry about the cost of goods going up. If there's excess in your budget, that's a good thing. I'm exactly like the man in the street that like you've just described. I don't worry about prices in my management of my households, any of them. So it's not your, something I worry salary... about. It's not something I worry about because of the policies that are imposed by people like me. So Quentin, to protect your, your me salary from... is of course published, being as you are the head of a publicly listed company, and your base salary, not including share options, is in the several millions of pounds. So when you say budgeting a household for you is simple and that budgeting in increases is easy, but budgeting in decreases provides uncertainties, quite frankly, hugely insulting to our millions of listeners. Well, you best remember that, you know, I, I own several households, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm not... sure I'm, you do, Sir Quentin. I'm not unfamiliar with the management of a household and having to employ someone to manage your household. Um, I'm not so talking... someone else does it for you. I'm not talking about living in some uh, crummy little two-bed terrace in Sir Nottingham Quentin, please, or something. That's beneath you. Surely you realise how insulting that is. Well, it's not insulting. I'm just explaining to you that the problems I have in managing a household are tenfold that of the person in a small house. Because you have ten houses. Well, because my not just I have more than ten houses. That's not the point. But my houses are more than ten times bigger the size of the sort of houses that you're talking about. So I am not immune. I'm not immune to the costs that we are discussing. But there's one thing I know. I'm darn happy that I know prices will consistently go in one direction. I will not be befuddled. I will not be befuddled and confused by dipping prices and thinking, oh, you know, I could, I could buy myself an extra pheasant this week. Well, no, I know I can't. One thing I guarantee to you, one thing I guarantee to this country, I will peg the prices. I will peg the prices so that they are solidly in one place. So Quentin, I feel the whole country uh, feels they're quite strongly being pegged by you and the rest of British Petroleum at the moment. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. And scene. I'm feeling quite positive today. I said, I don't know what it is. I had a really good night's sleep. It's funny, isn't it? I mean, you watch those adverts with Lenny Henry, but those beds are really comfortable, and that breakfast was delicious. Right, let's get the first one in. So, uh, can we have 
Francis Drebin. Francis Drebin, would you like to come in front and centre for us? Oh, hello, good morning. Hello there, Francis. How are you doing today? I'm very well. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm, we're all fantastic. We've had a great night's sleep. We're all good. Very excited to be up in this part of the country um, seeing people. And uh, just looking at your resume, not quite... Um, as extensive as we were hoping for. There's a few things that maybe you just haven't written down, but you've come along today for this role, so let's talk about them now. Yes, of course. Sure. You're aware of the project that we're doing? Yes. And yeah, who, who we're hoping to represent today? Very much. Excellent. Can you just talk us through your experience of being the last Viceroy of India? Um, I beg your pardon? Sorry, uh, it's a long way, isn't it, from where I am to you. Can you just talk us through your experience of being the last Viceroy of India? Um, I mean, I haven't been a Viceroy of India. I don't think there's been one since the 1940s. So you've got no experience at all about being a last Viceroy of India? Uh, no, no, I'm afraid not. But I have got a whole a very wide range of experience, no, playing a number that. of roles. Yeah, I can see that. You I've been the, in The Bill, yeah. Casualty. Chuckle Brothers. Yeah, Doctors. Hmm, yeah. He wasn't a doctor, though, was he? He was the last Viceroy of India. So no experience at all being the last Viceroy of India? Well, no, but I feel I could portray that role pretty well. Pretend. Were you, were you even the Earl of Burma? Uh, no, I've not been the Earl of Burma. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a professional actor. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not a member of the royal family. So you've come along here today. So you're not a royal. Uh, no, no. I went to the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. Don't you think that's a little bit disrespectful to the royal community? To th I will just turn up. I am a commoner. I will pretend to be. Oh, everyone can pretend to be something, can't they? I mean, I'm an How actor. ridiculous. How insulting. Get out. And scene. Your mum's really nice. No, she seems really nice. She really looks like Roy Hodgson, though. She can't hear us. She's in the kitchen, right? Okay. But she... Roy Hodgson. He was the football manager for England. She really she's uncanny. She's coming back. She's coming back. Hang on. Oh, so here we are. Tea for three, as promised. Oh, thank you very much, Mrs. Hodgson. That's delightful. That's really nice. Uh, no, sorry. The, the surname is Waring. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't know how I managed to make that mistake. Oh, custard creams and bourbons. Yes, yes. No, nothing's too much for, for my daughter's boyfriend. Doesn't matter if you're black or white, eh? <laughs> well, no, no, I guess not in that case. <laughs> what a delightful humorist you are. <laughs> I try to be. Um, I, I, now, I, I, I hear Maria tells me that you two are off on holiday soon. Oh, it, it's, it's nothing It's nothing too grand, but we're, we're thinking of trying to get a week away in Benidorm. And, um, oh, now, I don't think I told you, I used to holiday a lot myself. She did mention that you, you travelled quite extensively. Oh, I travelled all over the place, Tom. Let me tell you, in fact, you don't mind seeing some slides, do you, from some of my old escapades? Well, if it's too much trouble, I could always see no, them. No, 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 it's already set up. I'll, I'll just pull oh. the blind down and draw the curtains. I could hear the buzzer. That's, uh, that's fine, yes. The old slide machine. Just bear with me a second. Excellent. OK, now let me just... just. OK, and here we go. Slide number one. Now, this is me playing a delightful and rather competitive game of shuffleboard with Idi Amin. 
Oh, crikey, that, that's uh, Eddie Amin. Yes, have you, uh, you know Eddie? I, I, I know of Eddie. I, I, I do. Lovely that. man. A lovely man. You don't want to believe everything you read in the papers. Delightful company. A true gent. Right, okay. okay. Yeah, so, so uncanny, you might meet a famous person on holiday. Like yeah, that. it used to happen all the time back in the day before this package holiday, 18 to 30 nonsense. You'd meet the most delightful characters. Well, I mean, I think that must be the, <laughs> the pinnacle of your career, meeting an <laughs> idiot. Oh, I know, Billy, getting started. Slide number two. Here's me having a couple's massage with Saddam Hussein. Uh, He's the one with the big moustache, right? I mean, yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, big bushy moustache. He trimmed it back in later years. Again, lovely man. Really suited that olive green sort of uniform, don't you agree? Yeah, I, mean, I thought he would have taken it off for the massage, but the, he, he's very military looking. Yeah, very pious man. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. Uh, you know, show his bare chest in public. Oh right. No, but I've got some more for you. Here we go. Next up. Here's me sharing a spicy hummus with Yasser Arafat. Oh, crikey. That is Yasser Arafat, isn't it? I've never... Mmm, yes. never seen him looking so relaxed. He's uh, quite, quite, um, quite laid back there. Yeah, I mean, again, delightful fellow between you and me. Terrible breath. Oh, crikey. That's, uh, that's not good, is it? No. No, and next up, you'll enjoy this one, I think, Daniel. Here's me and Hafez al-Assad in Switzerland playing a game of gin rummy. Oh, that's the um, Syrian dictator, as as was. Well, president, I think. Sorry, president. Yes, yes. yes. I mean, my geopolitics are um, not so familiar, but yes, I've, I've... I've seen him on newsreels. He's he's got a big head, hasn't he? He did, yeah, very square sort of forehead. Very very distinct man. Couldn't miss him. Uh, terrible card player. Oh, <laughs> I did, really? Yes, I actually did quite well that night. Actually, we, you know, played a few uh, few games, few hands. Uh, terrible card player, so I came off quite well. I don't mind telling you. And this next one, here's me. Mm-hmm. Okay, me again. I now this see. one is actually in Mumbai. Yes. Okay. But it's actually me having fondue with mousy tongue. Well, look at that. I mean, that's... Uh, you don't see a lot of fondue nowadays, do you? But that's... Uh, no, this was back in the 70s. And you both eating the same bit of bread there. That's, uh... He wore the most terrible shoes. I actually said to him about it at the time. I said, Mal, those shoes are just dreadful. They date you so much. and They must look terribly uncomfortable. And I put him on to this particular brand of, uh, brand of shoe, Hush Puppies. Uh, he used to be very popular uh, yes. here in the UK. And for him, that really was a great leap forward. It was uh, in terms of comfort and style. I don't wow. mind telling you, actually, yes. That's lovely. And I think I've just got one more here if I just put the next slide on. Now this one, one of my fondest memories, one of my fondest memories, actually taken in Miami. Uh, uh, had to actually travel under false passport. But this is me playing beach volleyball with Pol Pot. Oh, right. I never wasn't aware how... Um Paul looked, but that's that's Paul Pot, is it? I mean, I th- yeah, yep, yeah, he spectacled himself, yeah. but didn't like it in others. The gentleman with the uh, submachine guns by him, it's a bit of a giveaway, that's a bit of security there. Well, that's also downtown Miami, <laughs> you know, just like in America. Yep, yeah, we're just hoping to go to Benidorm, and I mean, uh, we'll, be, we'll be lucky to see a uh, Tommy Cannon or something. I, I don't imagine we'll see anyone of 
such ilk. No, no, I mean, probably not. And to be honest, that's why I don't travel much myself anymore, Daniel. You know, you, you just don't get the right type of person. And scene. Oh, it's been a long day, hasn't it? Honestly, I do not believe. Right, next, onwards and upwards. Can we see a Mr. William Stewart, please? Hi, good afternoon. Hello there, William. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Very well, very excited. And you've read the script that we've sent you? Yes, yeah, very exciting. And you're aware of the project that we're undertaking? Yeah, yeah, I mean, very famous, infamous characters to play, so really excited to have the opportunity to, to play them. Yeah. How many people have you killed? How many people have I personally known? How many people have you killed in violent gangland sort of uh, atrocities? Uh, well, well, none. I'm, I'm, I'm a professional actor. Uh, I've played a number of, of bad guys, in inverted commas, in, in various TV shows such as The Bill, and uh, I was in uh, An Endeavour. You've never physically grotted someone or stabbed them in the eye or shot them in a no, pub? No, God, no. I'm an, I'm an actor. <sighs> it is so hard to get good representation amongst the homosexual, overweight, East End gangster community. And you come in here today saying that you're going to play at being something. Oh, I could play at being this. I could play at being this. Because I've been a little bit violent on the bill. <sighs> Sorry, it's been a very long day. Can you just go? I, Can you to... just go? Get out. I don't think I can take another charlatan, I really don't. Right, can we have Daniel the Kosh Evans? Daniel the Kosh Evans, could you come in please? All right. Daniel, let's cut to the chase. How many people have you murdered? Eight. Bingo! And scene. 